Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Nicole Willits, and she is the Strategic Initiatives and Sustainability Manager of the Pella Corporation. Nicole has been with Pella for over five years. She has been on the product side of Pella and now has a new role within the company focused on product and sustainability. She comes from a commercial interiors background where she has won awards for the product she's worked on. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Before we get into Pella, I kind of want to give everybody a little bit more of an overview about who you are. Um, so I see you're a uni grad. I'm a North Dakota State grad. So we're technically rivals uh, and have worked. Uh, so and that you've worked for other building product corporations. Um, and Alicia says you've won some awards like the intro said. Tell, tell us about yourself. Yeah. So let's see. I'm a Midwesterner, born and raised in Iowa. I ran away to Texas for a while, for Washington State for a while, but uh, landed back in Southeast Iowa, where my family was, and uh, ended up at the H&I Corporation, which is where I started my product development journey. Uh, Before that, I was a wedding coordinator, so it is a really translatable project to product kind of experience, but I spent eight years doing different uh, variety work in our surface materials, some of the sustainability work there. I worked in our opening price point market, so I spent quite a bit of time in China um, Mm. doing that side of the business. And then jokingly, under the umbrella of H&I, there's quite a few different opportunities within that particular arena of commercial interiors. And I chose to move to All Steel. Mm. All Steel I joked that it was working in color again. I I got to play with a little bit more of the A&D focus. I went into the tertiary markets for soft seating and helped launch some of the first uh, commercial sofas and soft lounge chairs in that particular market. Was really excited to work with uh, American designers and all of the American manufacturing out of the different locations we had throughout the US. And so that was uh, where I was at until Pella came knocking and so when I joined Pella, I, as you mentioned, I was in product development, worked with that particular side of the, the business as well as our trends team. So not sure if you, you mentioned it, but uh, I co-lead our Pella trends team, which is a dynamic cross-functional group that helps kind of give line of sight to consumer insights and really how do we talk about what's happening in consumers' hearts and minds today. How does that translate into the mainstream views? And then how do we talk about that as ways for predictive paths for innovation and and all of the areas of the business that we could kind of dabble into. So that kind of lands me where I'm at today, which is with the new role, which focuses a lot more on how do we translate, again, what's happening in the marketplace into products and being able to communicate that, as well as how do we take on the innovation portage that we do with the business, how do we better sell our claims and, and the concise nature to our, our marketing sides of the business? How do we then approach sustainability in ways that make sense to our consumer base? So the kind of a broad range and a definitely a new um, area to lean into, but super exciting stuff happening. Two questions. First one is, so I'm glad you touched on the trends because that was one of my questions that I sort of had uh, pre-written down here was, what is, what you, you've described what it is, I think, um, it, you know, you obviously you're trying to forecast and look at like where the market is moving and stuff. Where do you guys get the data though? I mean, um, you know, how do you, how does that all, without giving any proprietary stuff away, I'm just kind of generally wondering, 
Um, we do have consumers listening to this podcast, obviously, but we have business owners. And I think people would just be curious um, about generally how that, where you, where you get the, the stuff you need to be able to plug it into whatever you're working with to understand maybe where things are going in forecasting. Oh, this is, you, you're going to, you're tapped the right vein here because I really love this topic. And our team, I mentioned we're cross-functional. So it is a, a dynamic group that goes across our marketing teams, our sales channels, our product groups, and it's really uh, the innovation team and insights. So we really get kind of a good view and input to just the daily happenings of business. It's our job and product to know our competitors. And so we kind of bring that to the table. And then within each one of the people that come to that, we also look at relevant markets and then associated tertiary markets and fun stuff like, you know, fashion. <laughs> so what's happening there and, and really what can we see that kind of starts to string together into more mainstream topics? Where will we start to see colorway shift, maybe um, specific highlights in houses that let, let those little puts and takes come together. And that all comes from going to trade shows and really diving into, you know, one of my markets is commercial interior. So I have a background in it, but I can also, you know, look at it and understand what was happening and changing and real pivots that's happening there. And we talk about what it means to, you know, maybe highlight service, or maybe we're talking about a specific color. I mentioned curves and arches, that's scallops are everywhere. What's that mean for windows? How do we kind of make sure that we're highlighting the right things on .com? How do we translate all of that information? But backing even further into it is we, we use steep level analysis. And so that's looking at the very, very high level macro views, and, and it's from social, technological, economic, environmental, and political different impacts, which again, trigger that consumer mindset. So like, what are people freaking out inside? What are they freaking out about? Where are their dollars going to potentially shift to? Um, what makes them feel good when they're inside of the home? Or what are they they trying to, to change about that? And so we, we really take this big lens to it apply all of those different market kind of broad mainstream views into it. And then of course we then filter that into ways we can talk to our business. So whether it be in how we speak to the consumer, maybe it's a different shift in focus to security from safety, or maybe it's vice versa. Mm. Uh, maybe it's a conversation on satin brass. <laughs> you know, you see black, you see white, you see satin brass. We're coming out with a new satin brass uh, next, at the early next year for our hardware. It's something that we've seen in the marketplace. Obviously, things take time in product development. So we try not to get too ahead of ourselves, but at the same time, make sure that we bring the right timeless things to the marketplace of what's going to be the right time, what's going to have the right level of longevity. So there's a, a lot of different puts and takes to it. It's a really exciting group to be a part of because you get to have all of those different inputs and the cross function to it is, is really dynamic. Um, but it's also, you know, sometimes we do just devolve and talk about pretty colors and pretty finishes and is iridescent really ever going to translate into something meaningful mm. in commercial markets? And sometimes the answer is yes. And Sometimes the answer is we're definitely not recommending iridescent windows to the Pelotine, but. <laughs> yeah. Is, is some of the data derived from like surveys from designers or consumers? Is, is that where it directly comes from? Or, or is it sort of this one other I thought I had, and I just wanted to ping you on it was, you know, so there's those, there's those surveys over, over here or whatever. Like, is it also, you talked about colors and styles at all. Is it also sort of, you know, for lack of better comparison, like a Vera Wang, Vera Wang comes out and she says, this is the trend for, for, for dresses this year for weddings. Is, is there one for windows or, or where exactly is it coming from? 
Well, you're right. It's a lot of insights. So, um, you know, we have a dedicated community and research team that goes out. And so we've got a viewpoint to consumers and, and we get to have an unbiased opinion. We go out and we, we talk to them about things that aren't even necessarily windows and doors so that we get kind of a, a cadence with that audience and they get to know and, and relate to who is working our market research side. I think you have then another view that comes from the audiences we're directly involved with. So whether it be our architectural groups, we have pro builder groups, um, you know, we have dynamic relationships with, with our distributors. And so we spend a lot of time surveying our OSRs mm. and, and really trying to understand those consumer journeys. That's a big part of, of trying to see like, where are they even engaging with you at? Once they engage with you, what are they hoping to get from you? Do they come to Pella to think that we are shining a light on window trends or maybe they want to talk about their window within the space they're in? So they're looking for more aspiration and, and they do want to see color. Um, but to get to your question about specifically about windows, I think it's really, you know, an amalgamation of all those inputs. And so you, you start to see the arches and trends come back by way of, you know, focusing on the 70s and what happened then, then you see people translating that to today and, and then you start to see an increase. Well, we, we make content that's going to drive the right aspiration and inspiration pieces to it. And then we have a lot more engagement that starts happening and questions that start popping up with our field reps that say, hey, you know, I'm interested in this. Can you fit my specs now? Um, and then you engage with a very different audience and a different group of Pella who then starts to actualize and activate, you know, like our, we have a, an architectural group that will actually take plans and work to spec and make sure everything's right for the specific build that they're doing. So there's all kinds of these different macro and micro level points that we can get, whether it be in Pella data or through our Pella networks or through actual engagement with consumers. How long has Trends been around then at Pella? Well, we've had a formal group now for five years that I've been involved and then informally probably another six, seven years. Okay, so um, recent. Yeah, I would say though one of the, the key things there is we've kind of changed the focus. I'd say our innovation teams and, and product teams are always steeped in what was happening, but the focus on mainstream and how we communicate that better was definitely pivoted a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I mean, I really feel like you guys are, um, I don't know if any other manufacturers are doing that. I, I hope they aren't and you guys are, and therefore you are, you have, you're, you're really tackling this idea of having a feedback loop um, and, and, and really seeing that you guys are on the right, right track here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, so you first started with Pella and you were doing just product side, but now it's morphed into this product to sustainability or plus sustainability. Was that about the same time frame, five to seven years? I know you've only been there for five years, but I'm just wondering even before you were there was because sustainability is a very large buzzword right now. Um, it's been that way for about a decade, but I think it's really obviously at the forefront uh, as we speak. Yeah, so Pella has had a, an environmental and sustainability-based team that's um, heavily engaged in manufacturing compliance. And so um, anything that would have been based on, on tracking and making sure that we have a line of sight to what's happening in our plants has been part of, of a compliance level team for a long time. I mean, and Pella's rooted in uh, fundamentals of, of being a steward and, and things of that nature. I think 
what this real movement in sustainability and this trigger point for the consumer side has given a lot of businesses a new reason to focus on that kind of topic and really focus on what it means to be dynamic about committing themselves to tracking and understanding what's happening. I think that's a huge portion is just getting getting your baselines and getting your understanding of where you're at. And then this longer term view of whether it's a commitment in the community side, it's a commitment to designing the product for a more engaged environmental view or a more cradle to cradle, cradle to grave Mm. kind of view um, versus if we're going back further into supply chain. So I think there's a a new focus to it that we've provided in, in allowing us to say, hey, this needs to be collaborative. Another area where where this is meant to link, so it's strategic initiatives and sustainability, and part of that comes down to how do we better import our innovation as well. So these two main topics that feel really important for us to be able to communicate about, but also making sure that we have a a roadmap and how are we being proactive versus reactive, Um, how are we making sure that we have a really credible conversation with our consumer about who we are and what we bring to the table. And that's, that's really been what the focus of this new role has come up about being frankly invested in the last few years of, of being, bringing up these different consumer insights, bringing up these different notions that people are interested in or wanting more information about, or frankly, they're just vectors of focus for us that become um, a new prioritization for the company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where do you see windows and the sustainability associated with them? Because obviously they're a big portion of what we do, especially if we're doing a passive house or we're trying to uh, make sure it's a well-insulated house, uh, that sort of thing. W- where do you see things going from a decade from now? If you had to, if you had to forecast a trend. Well, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. So windows and doors are a huge part of, of what you're talking about on facade. I think it's the rough numbers are like 8% of the exterior, but 40% of your energy leak mm-hmm. can, or your energy exposure comes from those areas. And so, you know, there's the pressures of legislation that are absolutely kind of pushing the the gamuts of what does an actual R value need to be for us to be, uh, you know, moving towards a better climate focus. I'd say, you know, the preeminence of, of new, new technology. So whether it be in films, whether it be, you know, the thin triple glazing that people are talking about, I think the iterations for that are only going to continue to grow um, and being able to help showcase that. I'd say another area is, you know, one of Pella's real focuses has been how do we how do we get people to install better? Because that's mm. a big portion of what goes into your window. We can make an excellent window. And if it's installed poorly, it's still not going to be a good experience. Yeah, I mean, they, negate, they, they could almost negate the whole idea of the product. Exactly. Very good point. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll see in... We've made stutter steps in in really even just creating, so for Lowe's, for example, we do new installation bays. So Mm -hmm. if you're in aisle in Lowe's, all of the things to install a window, your tapes and your fillers and all of the stuff for your nail thinning is going to be in this one installation bay. We may not get your window. We hope you do. We hope you pick up a Pella window in aisle. But even if we're not, we're still getting engaged with the product and having the ability to showcase what top tier um, associated installation product is with that. And so really trying to engage in, in educating and making sure that customers know that there is this 
kind of ancillary. It seems like mm -hmm. an ancillary step, but it's a really important part yeah. of the overarching process. And then our innovation will start to, to dig into that deeper because we know that that's such an integral part of the overall purchase journey for everybody. Yeah, you're hitting on a perfect word right there, innovation. So one of the, what edge do you think Pella has on its competitors when it comes to sustainability in terms of innovation? I, you know, our team for the innovation side of the company is just really dynamic. They are just full of constant ideation and iteration and then taking it out to market. So that's probably the, the one thing that I am most proud to be a part of getting the, the whole coffer of the view to what happens from, you know, the guys with Legos on the table and they're like iterating mech uh, movement and motion to when we actually get to take something of in front of a consumer and, and it's at a point where maybe we're with 3D printed parts or maybe we're fully engaged with a, with a prototype and getting to take that iteratively through. And I think, you know, a hinging a little bit more to bring in where that trends capacity goes, getting to talk to them early on about, you know, we might see something that's interesting or cool or like, you know, the, our, that ESO that we just launched, our Easy Slide Operator for Improvia, you know, we came up with that in the sense of just it hadn't been touched for so long. But then when you started to come to the table with what we were talking about trends-wise of people staying in their homes longer and wanting to make sure that they're planning proactively, not reactively within their space for what is, let's be fair, a sometimes a once-in-a-lifetime event when you change out windows in a home. Mm -hmm. So how can we take what... Is, is frankly still just candor and conversation. And it would be nice too, in order to then turn around and, and have a product that is not only um, sellable, it's it's actually solving a problem. You know, less than five pounds of force becomes a really dynamic conversation that is super cool if you're just talking about the function of the window or the look of it. But then it's also backed with all this different information and insight to help what we're also talking about in different sales forms. So I, I think that we have just an immense leg up because of not only the, the great minds that we have working there, but then we have, again, this research um, and insight side of the team. And then we have our network. So, I mean, the Pella side is really enabled with our distribution network that has an immense amount of input and, and rapid feedback. <laughs> so we can iterate, we can go into a market and do, you know, just trial runs, we, you know, we'll run up to Omaha. They're a great market for us. They uh, will get first dibs on, on certain things because we want to try out whether or not it's people are responding to it. Um, are, are we able to get our sales pitch in? Do, do they find the value that we believe that, you know, it's being marketed? So we get to have these really interesting, um, very design-driven conversations and iterations, and then it's, it's translated well into being able to have award-winning products that come out of it as well. Yeah. Uh, if someone is considering remodeling or building a new building, you know, or a new house or new, new building, um, why do you think they should, should consider Pella? And I'll give you my reason first. And that is I have Pella in my house and the warranty and the customer attention is top notch. And as a builder and an architect who worked with various other manufacturers, if the client picks some other manufacturer, I don't really have a choice over that. But is that those other folks are just, I can't believe how atrocious the customer services and Pella is just phenomenal in this day and age. So that'd be my, my reason why they should consider Pella. What's yours? A uh, shout out to our customer service because they are, they are the real troopers in many, many of the situations and, and they are, they're fabulous. We have a fabulous team and 
um, and they care a lot about what they're doing. I mean, that's, I can, I can preach a little about the culture in that Pella is truly one that, you know, we're driving, caring and learning and results from our internal cultural manifestos. And it really manifests in the mm-hmm. way that our products come to light too. But, um, you know, why should they choose Pella? I think one, we have just the abroad assortment. So, you know, I, I would say that we have the best design windows. I'm, I'm a little jaded in that perspective, but you know, we just really have these immensely well-backed, well-thought-out, um, well-manufactured windows, but it's really across a, a broad base of material set, so you can do just about anything. Um, we have all of the different ways and forms that you can access it. So, you know, you can go into aisle at Lowe's and kick some tires. You can go visit one of our PDSNs and get a really deep dive with with our field sales reps that often have very dynamic showrooms. Um, You can be engaged with arpella.com. So we have e-commerce that's nationalized now. So there's price transparency in the marketplace. And if you're R&R, if you're looking for a onesie, twosie window and a sales rep won't call you back, we have a way for you to engage with Pella. So we really want to make sure that you have the opportunity to really create your vision, whether it's material-based or aesthetically driven or, or frankly, a purchase process because you're on a time ring, timeline. So there's a lot of different uh, puts and takes behind that that I think just access becomes a really cool thing and, and education. So, you know, you, you go to Pella.com. We, we're there to try and help you understand what those products are nowadays too. We spend a lot of time thinking about that consumer language and how to not be super technical in an area where you often still need to be really technical. Mm-hmm. So how do you get a consumer, but how do you also like we have, our pros are super important. So how do we make sure that it's still valuable to them to whatever we're, we're really trying to, to market out there. Yeah. If the higher ups are listening to this, when we publish this, um, I, I would just hope they hear what you and I both said about customer service and whatever it takes to continue it please do because I just can't tell you how express how much of a breath of fresh air it is in this, in this, in this customer safe uh, service, you know, based climate that we're in. It's just very terrible. Not, I mean, Pella is like a shining star. So just keep it up. Uh, Your background is marketing. Um, So I want to pivot a little bit uh, based on that. And we have a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners who listen to this podcast. What advice do you think you could give the small business owners in regards to marketing? Maybe, maybe something that they could do simple today that doesn't even cost much money, if, if at any. I mean, engaging with the social is, is really such a dynamic um, way to do that. I mean, Pella's social engagement, we can have just a really um, interesting set that either comes from user-generated content to, you know, we just finished last month a trends campaign where we focused on talking to people about ADUs, which is, you know, not necessarily our wheelhouse, but it's also making sure that we explain kind of what's happening in the market. And if you're coming for, again, that inspiration or aspiration. That's really one of the areas that we spend our time trying to make sure we're, we're creating the right content behind that. So filling, filling the niche that you, you know, making sure you dedicate time and space to the content that you want to engage the most people with, or maybe even, you know, as you're traipsing into arenas and trying to establish yourself as a valid um, purveyor in that space, making sure that you're building up the content and resources or, you know, connections within that, uh, that allow you to kind of stretch in, in the ways and means of, you might not think of windows when you think about what's happening in your backyard, but 
as you're thinking about maximizing the use of your space, ADUs are like a great way to do that without, you know, scaling out your actual footprint of your land. And that's a perfect space for us to talk about windows and patio doors and maximizing light and, and how do you use those spaces. So well, that's one of the things that we've really tried to take for areas that you might not have considered Pella to be your number one knowledge source and ways for us to have grown is really just trying to make sure we get as many eyeballs onto engaging topics and try and get them back to our.com. So just making that connection, not nothing new, I'm sure for anybody, but uh, really try and maximize the content for education where you can. Yeah. But, but I think a reminder of fundamentals is always important for people. Um, so I think that was great. Um, without, without naming names, um, what, what is the biggest mistake you've seen someone make in business in general, since you've been a professional? You know, good ideas that just can't quite make the lift, whether it be that they don't have the buy-in from, you know, the, the larger base. So I'll, I'd say, sadly, entrepreneur is not in my wheelhouse. I've spent a lot of time in corporate, but I think about when you bring up really engaging ideas and it could be very left field, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not being able to, to really be biased towards action. You still have these great ideas and these great concepts, um, and, and it's really just never able to get quite the steep. When I think about small business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, that's really the fundamental of, of where they get to go. So really making sure that you can bias towards action on even the, the furthest left field. So I, I know that sometimes I've pitched things internally. You know, we pitch like an agency every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And you pitch, you're like, I want, let's, let's do something wild. And, and I've got my backup, like, I'm pretty sure we'll get mm. this guy here, but always making sure that you really shoot for the fences because that you never know when you're really going to inspire the right set of ears um, to be totally bought in. And so bias towards action and really taking the swing for it is, is a big recommendation on my side. Yeah, that's great. Action is everything. Otherwise, I mean, the ideas are just going to be ideas and they'll kind of float away at the end of the day. Uh, I think that's great. What is the smartest thing you've seen someone do in business since you've been a professional? You know, I am, I am very verbose and I am always impressed with concision. And so (laughs) I think uh, in the direct flip of the coin to where I've just said, Oh, swinging for the fences. And you know, I've, I've watched great ideas die. I've watched great ideas die, but under really thoughtful and concise decision-making, which was, you know, for example, in, in my old life, we had a really beautiful piece of furniture that we were just absolutely struggling with manufacturing and, and how we would keep a thinness with holding to testing standards, you know, the, the whole rules of puts and takes will ruin pretty stuff all the time. But the truth was we really could not get it as dynamically designed as what we wanted to. And it would have been a first foray into a new category. And in the moment saying, Hey, um, this is not the right thing to do. This is not the right foot forward. Um, and willing to stop the project in that moment, a fairly well-developed um, situation at that point, solidly invested um, in both time and resources and really having a concise moment to say there are learnings in this, to say that it is not the right thing to do and, and to close the door on that and pivot away from it is, is also just really one of the, it's, it's a fundamental that you don't often get to, to be challenged with in your career to say, I'm being 
thoughtful and concise to what this means to my business in the moment. Um, and it can be so hard to walk away from it in product development. You just, those are your babies. You don't want to leave your baby out there. Um, and to walk into a room and, and have a really dynamic conversation and why it's not the right thing to do, even though your costs are totally sunk, um, it becomes one of the most, um, hard, but, but brilliant things to, to be a part of when you can do it right. And you can do it thoughtfully and you can really learn from it, mm -hmm. um, and take, and take it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last question before we sign off and I ask everybody this question, uh, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time, when you first started your professional career, what is one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Advocate for yourself. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very passionate about the people that I mentor, and I really love championing um, everybody that I have that's in my personal circle that I manage with, that I work and mentor with. And you know, it's it's a humanist approach. It's good human behavior and saying like what matters to me and how can I bring value to the business and how does this business bring value to me and being able to be clear, be clear about that. And, and in terms that I know often people young in their careers, maybe even old in their careers will say like, I just don't have a clear career path and it's hard for me and I don't want to write it down. Um, and it comes down to, you know, being able to showcase the experiences you want to have. And it becomes less about saying, I want this job, but it absolutely comes down to advocating for yourself and, and being clear about what you're interested in and what you're willing to give your time to. And, and I, I always advocate for that to the people to advocate for themselves, mm -hmm. but it's, it really just comes down to trying to make sure that you're putting into the, the world, like the most amount of enthusiasm on your topic as you can. 100%. Nicole, this has been fantastic. If people uh, for some reason want to get in touch with you or, or learn more about uh, Pella and its products, where should they go? Well, Pella.com, if you're interested in any of the Pella products or e-commerce, for those of you who are looking to uh, check out what it might mean to buy a window online, uh, if you want to reach out to me, I am available at willitsnk at Pella.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you.